0: Tonight's reading comes from the New Testament, Colossians 2, 6 through 23, on page 3 of the bulletin. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abundant in thanksgiving. See it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ." This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with with regard to a festive or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come but the substance belongs to Christ let no one disqualify you insisting on asceticism and worship of angels going on in detail about visions puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body nourish and knit together through the joints and ligaments grows with the growth that is from God if with If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world why as it you were still alive in the world do you submit to regulations do not handle do not taste do not touch referring to things that all perish as they are used according to human precepts and teachings these have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are no, of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Good night. My name is Andrew Russell. I'm the pastoral fellow here. It is my privilege to bring before you God's word this evening. But before I do that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the mighty name of Jesus. We ask, O Lord, that you would remove any obstacles, any defense mechanisms, any barriers, Father, um, that might hinder us from hearing from you and hearing your word. We pray that you would empower me through your Holy Spirit, that I would decrease and that you would increase. Speak to us, Lord. We, We need to hear from you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. So we've been uh, going through a series called Grace-Fueled Works, and this is a series based on the book of Colossians. And this this series in Grace-Fueled Works, this sermon here on Colossians 2, verses 6 through 23 is the third part of this Colossians series. And as you read that first verse, uh, on on verse six, it says, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. So about two years ago, uh, I was asked to write a song based on this very verse. And it was, this song was for a kid's camp. So do you mind if I just sing it? It's very short. It's 30 seconds, and I think it's going to help you memorize this particular passage. Are you all ready? All right. It goes something like this. Therefore, as you received him, Christ Jesus my Lord, so walk in him in Christ, in Christ be rooted, be it built up, rooted in the faith. Everybody say, built up, up. rooted Rooted in in the faith. Okay, I think y'all got it. Uh, I think y'all got it. So y'all could use that, you know, I won't charge you, you know, royalties on that one. But Paul, when he's writing this particular letter, it is to the Colossian church. And he is in prison writing to the Colossian church who is tempted with all types of heresies. Paul does not take a break from doing ministry. He writes a letter to the Colossian church inspired by the Holy Spirit. He is giving them an on-time message that speaks directly to their situation from prison. I'll say that again. He is giving them an on-time message that speaks directly to their situation from prison the colossian church is facing all type of heresies and instead of beginning with warnings or chiding them because they have let their church be susceptible to false teachings he reminds them of who they are in christ so remember the church is going uh, following all these different heresies and i'll get into it and and remember paul is in prison and he is encouraging and and warning slash disciplining the church. But he first starts with your identity. You see, the Colossians church's main problem was not a behavior one. Their main problem wasn't that they had allowed heresies and false teachings to run rampant in the church. The main problem was that they forgot who they are. They forgot who they were, and they forgot the power that comes through being in Jesus Christ. They had an identity issue. You know, many of us today have some serious behavioral problems that need to be changed. We have some destructive habits that we desire to break. We are enslaved to heretical thinking and welcome speculation about Scripture and doctrine and the church. But that is not our main problem. You might be addicted to drugs or pornography or greed or pride or intellectual superiority, gossip, envy, violence, and the like, but that is not your main problem. Your main problem is your identity. You don't know who you are, and you don't know the power you have. And so today I'm going to talk about what does it mean to have an identity that's rooted in Christ. And if, you, if your identity is rooted in Christ, it is a fortress against heresies and philosophies and human traditions. Now, have you ever been disciplined by your parents before? You know, I grew up in the islands and we used to get, we call it beatings. You know, you know, where's Cheryl? I don't, I don't know. She, she knows what I'm talking about. But when you, if it's, come with me on this hypothetical situation. Say, for example, that you are a child and you stole something from your parents um, or your brother or sister and they find out that something is missing and you tell them an alternative fact and you make up a story about how you didn't steal? What if this behavior continues and you find yourself lying constantly, trying to talk yourself out of trouble? If you're a parent or a brother or sister and you notice this pattern, what do you say? You, you, you've stolen something and you've tried to you know, do an alternative fact, you've tried to lie and you Continue to do this. So what do you say if you're trying to warn the child if you're trying to discipline this child? What do you say? Well, I would guess you probably would say something like this Why do you always lie all the time? What's wrong with you? Why are you such a liar like uh, my brother Mike said today? You always do this now If I heard this type of discipline all the time, then I would be tempted to believe that, you know what, maybe I am a liar and that this is my identity. You see, biblical discipline does not excuse wrongdoing, but it calls the person being disciplined or warned to something higher. Biblical discipline reinforces biblical identity. The next time you discipline a, sh- a child, and this is something it, 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 we're looking through biblical lens and trust me, I failed to do this. I mean, even today, my goodness, my, my daughter Naomi, so we went to the, this lake and they, they, they got these pots, put cactus in them and you could put these colorful stones. And so I had the pot on the side and this is right before church. I'm t- this is, I mean, boy. So this is right before church. The pot is on on the windowsill. She runs and gets the pot, and the cactus is a little unstable because she she took it out, and so it's barely hanging by the roots. It's kind of like leaning to the left. She grabs this pot. She's running downstairs, and I know she's gonna you know trip you know or either all the dirt is gonna come out. So I say Naomi stop, and she doesn't stop. I say Naomi stop, she doesn't stop, and I'm like Naomi, and I grab the pot, and it. It it dropped on the ground, and Naomi just started crying, and I was just like, oh, I'm so sorry. And so today, before I preached the sermon, I went up to my little girl, and I said, baby, I can't preach without saying, I'm sorry. Will you please forgive me? So I fail. I definitely fail when it comes to biblical discipline and warnings. But this is what we should do. This is what I should do. And hear, hear this out. Biblical discipline should look something like this. Look, I know that you have done wrong, but I also know that this is not you. You are not someone who hates your brother or sister. You are my son or daughter, and I love you, and I know that you also love your brother and sister. So be the loving person that I know you are, and don't allow your frustrations to take over you. You are better than that. This is what Paul is saying to the Colossian church. He is showing them that because their identity is rooted in Jesus Christ they should continue to walk in that identity and recognize that Christ has made them free. He doesn't come out saying, I can't believe you are believing these heresies. I can't believe these false teachers. Don't you know Epaphras? Man, I, I, I witnessed Epaphras and Epaphras came and, and Aphrodite, he's the head of the church. How in the world, why are y'all doing this and why are y'all doing that? Y'all are such this and y'all are such that. Instead of doing all of that, Paul says, do you know who you are? You have been rooted, built up, and grounded in Jesus Christ. Therefore, they should beware false teachers and heretical philosophies that undermine their Christ-rootedness and freedom. This is the message of the sermon tonight. Knowing who you are protects you from dangerous thinking and dangerous actions. This is how Paul summarizes belief. Belief is not only what you think, but belief entails also what you do. If you tell me that you studied contemporary and modern dance from NYU and have done background dancing for Beyonce and Justin Timberlake, and then I drop the beat and you start to dance like this, (laughs) man, I don't believe you. If you've read all these books on dating and you philosophized on understanding attraction and yet have never asked anyone out on a date, then my brother, I don't believe you. You see, belief and action go hand in hand. You cannot have intellectual assent with no practical implications. Someone might say, I like going to this church because they make me think more deeply. Or I like going to this church because they do things in the city. You see, the biblical church does both. Paul tells the Colossian church to walk in the way that they have received Christ through faith. Walk out your faith because you have been rooted in Christ. God has done something for you and in you. And this rootedness is in the passive voice. He says, therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus, the, the Lord, so walk in him being rooted. This, this is a passive voice, meaning that the action has been done to the subject by the verb. When you believe in Christ, his work of salvation for you, you were rooted in him. This is something that Christ has done. Christ became your life source. He became the foundation of your identity. You are no longer a nomad searching for meaning and purpose. You have been rooted in Jesus Christ, the head of all rule, authority, and power. Paul says, As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord. Now, this statement summarizes the divine tradition passed down from Jesus to the apostles and now to the church. Paul says, as you receive Jesus Christ the Lord, Jesus being the second person of the Trinity, Christ being the Messiah, the one who has come, the promised one, the the one whom all the prophets and Old Testament believers long to see. He is the one who has come to save us from our sins, Messiah and Lord. Lord meaning he is master of all rule, power, and authority both in heaven and on the earth. And so when, when Paul says this statement, therefore as you've received Jesus Christ the Lord, he is trying to show the Colossian church that you've received the divine tradition. This divine tradition is, has not been handed down by some intermediary, but this divine tradition has been handed down by God himself. He has revealed himself through Jesus Christ. And so therefore, Paul says, to walk in this divine tradition. He ex- and he explains how we must walk. We must be rooted in Christ, built up in Christ, and established in the faith. Rooted, and we've spoken about this, means to have Christ as your source of life. Built up means to have Christ as your architecture of your temple. You are being built up as a dwelling place for God. You see in the Old Testament, there was this desire of, of, of God's people to, to have a temple. And, 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 and David said, Lord, I, I want to build a temple for you. And so Solomon, David's son, became the builder of the first temple. And then that first temple was destroyed, and it was rebuilt after the exile. And in this temple, you go through the Holy of Holies. Only the priests could go in. There was all type of barriers, but it was, it was where God's glory dwelt. And with the coming of Jesus Christ, Christ came and the Bible says that after he rose from the dead, the veil of the temple tore in two so that we no longer have to go through any intermediary. We don't need a priest. We don't need someone to go in between God and us because God has said, look, you, everyone can come if you believe and have faith in Jesus Christ. And so now God dwells in the hearts of men and women. He no longer dwells in a building. And so when when Paul says being built up in Christ, this is temple language. And also he says finally to be established in the faith. This is in reference to a legal confirmation. You have been legally confirmed as having your faith founded in Jesus Christ. These three compose the core of your identity in Christ. Now, when many people talk about religion, uh, they think about man-made traditions in which people describe the same God in various ways. You know, you might say, oh, you were Muslim, Hindu, whatever, Though, though all of those are different paths to the same God. These traditions make up their own rules and practices that appease God. There is no connection between divine revelation and human speculation, and many people believe that religion is for the weak-minded. It is used in an excuse as a crutch. You know, you can't do it for yourself, and so you, 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 you call on God, you, you believe in this Jesus. The Christian religion, many believe, is anti-intellectual. Many believe that faith in Jesus Christ cannot provide solutions to the current problems that we face. And so what do you do? What do you do when you believe in a religion that has failed you? Well, you look within and you try to discover your own beliefs and systems and, and rituals. You discard those that you don't agree with and incorporate those things that you do agree with and you say, I respect Jesus and his morals teaching but I reject everything else that the Bible teaches, all those miracles and all those other things. You see, this is where heresy starts. Heresy starts in the mind. The Colossian heresy in Paul's day was a battle for the mind. The Colossian church felt like their faith was incomplete. And when you feel incomplete, what do you do? What beliefs and rituals and practices do you hold on to? Well, I believe the answer is you fill yourself with whatever will make you satisfied. You fill yourself with whatever would make you feel whole and complete. You try new habits. You combine different religions. This is what the Colossian church was tempted with. They forgot their identity in Christ and sought to combine other philosophies and traditions to make themselves satisfied and complete and whole. So let's get into the heresy. What, what is this heresy that Paul is speaking against? So he reminds the people of the, the Colossian church, this is who you are. You have been grounded and rooted in Jesus Christ. I'm calling you to the high calling. This is who you are. So if this is where you are and what you should be, you know you can't grab a hold of these things. So the Colossian heresy, let's get into it. It is a blend of Jewish legalism, Greek Gnosticism, and Oriental mysticism. The Colossian heresies did the following things. And we see this in Colossians 1 and 15 verses uh, 1, 15 through 19. It diminished the the person of Jesus Christ. It emphasized human speculation divorced from divine revelation. We see this in Colossians 2 and verse 8. It contained elements of Judaism, such as circumcision and uh, r- rabbinic traditions and dietary regulations. It also included worship of angels. We see this in Colossians 2.18. And it flaunted an exclusivist air of secrecy and superiority. The Colossian heresy, is it could be summed up in many ways, but I want to focus on, on Gnosticism. Particularly Now, I know I'm throwing out a bunch of words here, but I want to describe what I'm talking about. Now, Gnosticism, if you don't know what it is, is a Greek philosophy that stresses the search for inner knowledge. Gnosis means knowledge, and the knowledge that the Gnostics sought was not merely intellectual, but mystical. They believed that only a few could achieve the level of inner knowledge of this ultimate reality. In 1945, an Arab peasant found a collection of ancient Gnostic writings in the Nag Hammadi, which is in a city in Upper Egypt. The letters date to about AD 350, and many of these letters have been denounced by the early church as antithetical to the gospel. These ancient letters were translated and identified as the Gnostic Gospels, and they provide a first hand account of what the Christian heresy that was dealt with during that day. And I'm gonna give you two two quotes uh, from the Gnostic Gospel. And this is from the Gospel of Philip. It says, the world came into being through error. The agent who made it wanted it to be imperishable and immortal. He failed, he came up with less than his desire. So this particular belief says that God created the earth, but it didn't turn out the way he wanted to. And so he failed. And then in the Gospel of Philip also says, Should you who possess everything not know yourself? If you do not know yourself, you will not enjoy what you own, but know yourself and you will have what you enjoy. For the Gnostics, the material world was evil and and full of ignorance. And the immaterial world, the heavenly world, was good. And so their belief was that Jesus came to preach a message of self-discovery and self-redemption. This is the message that we all have the sparks of divinity within us, and few people will achieve this level of self-discovery. The crucifixion of Christ in their belief was not a result of sin or a need to provide vicarious salvation from the condemnation of sin, According to the Gnostics, the crucifixion of Christ removed our ignorance and made self-discovery possible. And so the heresies that the Colossian church were, were wrestling with, these heresies were all about being full and complete. And, and yes, yet the gospel says this, Jesus says this, but that's antiquated, it's, it's out of date, it doesn't address the problems that we face today. And in conclusion, I want to say this. The antidote to the Colossian heresy in Paul's day and the heresies of our day is a multifaceted understanding of the gospel. The gospel is not just Jesus dying for your sins so that you can go to heaven. It is much more than that. You see, we need a multifaceted understanding of the gospel if we are going to address the problems of our day. Remember I said belief is thinking following your actions and 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 we know we have a lot of heresies in the church and I'm reminded of one of the heresies this past weekend by a particular group you know they they call themselves the alt-right or the KKK and these groups of people who, who espouse a, a white supremacist ideology they base a lot of their stuff in Scripture. These brothers use the Bible to condone some of their actions. And remember, Paul, who who, who is talking to the, to the Colossian church and trying to get them to understand that you have been rooted in Christ, that he is your source, that you've been built up, that you've been completed in him that anything that does not honor Christ, anything that does not honor Christ in you is antithetical to the gospel. And I'm sure Paul would say that the KKK and that, that this ideology is antithetical to the gospel because it denies people the dignity of who we are, which is created in the image of God. This is our identity. Amen? And so Christ uh, uh, gives us this identity, shows us that we are rooted in him, that we have been found in him. When we look at the Old Testament church and we see Israel, we see that Israel's biggest problem was that they had hard hearts. Deuteronomy 10, 16 says, circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart and be no longer stubborn. Israel's problems are always described in physical descriptions with the problem of a hard heart. Circumcision is a pruning image and Abraham is pruned to be more fruitful. In Deuteronomy 30 and verse six, it says, and the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul so that you may live." And this was the good news for the Israel, uh, the, Israel uh, the church of, of, of Israel in that particular day in the Old Testament. And Paul takes the same language, this, the same language of circumcision, of, of circumcising your hearts so that uh, you could uh, uh, be filled with the presence of God. In Colossians 2 verse 11, he says, "'If you are in Christ, then you are the people of the circumcised hearts. The good news of the gospel is in Colossians 2 7 is that we as the church are the restored temple of God where his glory dwells. The good news of the gospel is that our humanity has been restored in Christ by him filling us with himself. This is in Colossians 2 and 10. and Colossians 2 and 14, the good news of the gospel is that our debt has been canceled and our sins have been forgiven and we have been resurrected from death to life in Jesus Christ. The good news of the gospel is that Christ has disarmed the principalities and powers, the rulers of darkness, Satan and all of his demons, and given us who believe in Jesus Christ Victory over dark powers. The good news of the gospel is that you are no longer a slave. You are no longer a slave to your addictions, your, your pride, your selfishness, your hypocrisy, your greed and shame or racism because Christ has made you free. You see, we need a multifaceted understanding of the gospel. The gospel is more than Jesus died for me so that I can go to heaven. The gospel as, as, I've, as I've said, is so much more. It is you being built up into a temple where God dwells. It is your humanity being restored. It is God disarming the principalities and powers that have control over this very world. That is the good news of the gospel. And so if, if you are struggling with your identity, if you, if you might be struggling even with some heretical thinking, I want to remind you that Christ has come to show you that if you are in Christ, that he redefines who you are, he, he restores your humanity, he, he, he becomes a dwelling place where he dwells with you. And so I want to I encourage you, I want to warn you as well, that if, if Christ is your identity, that we need to run away from heretical thinking. Because heretical thinking leads to heretical actions. Belief is more than just intellectual assent. It is what we do, and so when we call ourselves Christians, we cannot just say, yeah, I believe Jesus Christ, I go to church, I, I do these things. I mean, I, 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 I assent to these particular doctrines. But that person that's on the street, that, that, that person who's struggling wants to know, well, what does your faith mean? What does your faith actually do? You say that you, you love Jesus. You say that you, 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 uh, uh, you are a Christian, that you love everyone. But why do you hate your brother? Why do you hate your sister? And so the, the world is watching us, friends. The world is watching to see, do we actually believe the gospel of Jesus Christ? Because many of us are enslaved. Many of us are, 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 are wrestling with heresies. Many of us are wrestling uh, maybe with racism. Many of us are wrestling with addictions. And the good news of the gospel is that there is no power on earth or in heaven that can separate you from the love of God. The good news of the gospel is there is no heresy, there is no racist thought or ideology, there is no addiction, there is no problem that can separate you from the love of God because his love overcomes all things. And if Christ is in you, my brothers and sisters, then you know who you are. You know who you are, you've been rooted, you've been built up, you've been grounded in Jesus Christ and anything does not exalt Jesus Christ as Lord, is antithetical to the gospel and must be immediately discarded. And so I wanna encourage you to be rooted in Christ, to be found in him, to not only just believe and, and have intellectual assent, but to actually do what you believe, to actually love your enemies, to actually care for the sick and the poor, to actually feed the hungry, to actually go into the prisons and visit. Because in Matthew 25, the Bible says when Christ comes back, he will say, you, you, uh, you, you fed me, you visited me in prison, you, you, you gave me clothes when I was when I was naked and, and, the, and the people of God would say, well, when did we do all these things? And, and God will say, when you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. And so my brothers and sisters, let's just be more than uh, academics in the faith. Let us be people of God who would be on the streets so that people would say like, man, that person actually believes the gospel. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I come before you in the mighty name of Jesus, and I ask, Father, that we would move beyond uh, the intellectual ascent, that we would actually believe your gospel, that we, will, that we will see obstacles and walls being broken because you have disarmed the principalities and powers. So therefore, there is nothing holding us back to follow hard after you. There's nothing holding us back to be complete and full in you. And so, Father, I pray, O God, that you would reveal the heresies in our own lives and that you would uproot them and that we would be rooted in Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that if there is one today who does not know who they are, the one today who has been kind of filling themselves with all types of religions and this and that, Father, I pray that you would speak to them, that you would show them that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he is the Savior, that he is God himself come down in flesh to deliver us from sin, from from hell, from the grave, from hypocrisy, from idolatry, from addictions, from anything that might hinder us from worshiping you. Father, we give you all the glory and praise in Jesus' holy name. Amen.